What's up, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Fender and Adam Ronis here, courtesy of Fantasy Alarm and the Sawdust Podcast Network. What's up, Adam? Um, yo, congratulations, man. Uh, your uh, one, one of your NBA props hit real, real well today. Yeah, well, we're recording here on Tuesday night, and the play of the day was Kyle Lowry over four and a half rebounds. Because it's been it's been mispriced all season, um, and he had five in the first half to cash dad. Uh, unfortunately, I realized that I did not play it myself. So that's kind of upsetting, but hey, as long as I helped everyone else who read wager alarm today, uh, they cashed in on it pretty easy. It's always nice when you cash a prop early in the night, like you don't have to sweat it. You're like, okay, well, that one's done. Now uh, let me sweat the others. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, how are you doing over there with the, uh, with, with the props? What are, do you, do you keep a, a separate percentage, uh, of props versus picks or do you just lump it all in, in, in one? Nah, I, you know, I, I'm not even keeping track, which was probably a mistake. I thought about it. I'm like, damn, I should have next to go back from the beginning of the season. Now it's just so much work. Uh, but I will say this, the sides, uh, and totals have gotten way better. I, I, I it was very rough at the beginning. Uh-huh. And I just think the play in the NBA has gotten better. I think it was like preseason early on. And I think it's really picked up over the last couple of weeks. So, like, for example, on Monday night, uh, I love the Rockets minus five. And they absolutely trounced the Thunder uh, for their six straight win. And I had the Hornets plus six. And they beat the Heat in overtime. And then um, Sunday I lost on a to- – Sunday I, lo- I had over 218 in Cleveland, Minnesota – and both teams just shit the bet in the fourth quarter because that game was well on the over and Cleveland could not score in the fourth quarter. Saturday, I took a risk. Uh, I'm always scared to bet against the Lakers, but I took the Celtics plus two because I thought it was a good spot and the Lakers had a long road trip. It was like game, uh, I think the fifth or sixth game of a seven game road trip and uh, the Celtics covered. They lost by one and they could have won. They had a shot at the buzzer miss. Uh, so I've been having a better handle on those lately. And the props have been pretty good for the most part. I, there might have, they're only, I only recall recently one losing night, whereas one and three, a lot of nights, you know, four and one, three and two, there was a five and oh night. So the props have been really good and the sides and totals have gotten a lot better. I just, I found it's really tough on a, a given night to like give out four or five because there's just so many games that seem like they're up in the air. So I've kind of narrowed it down, and it's been pretty better. I mean, tonight's a six-game slate, so I only gave out one play for the sides, and I think I gave out four player props. Um, Wednesday, I believe, is a bigger schedule. I think there's like 10 games, so I'll probably give uh, two or three plays on the sides and totals, and depending on what the props look like on the board, anywhere from four to eight. Um, You know, it just depends. But looking at it early, it seems like the – uh, some pretty good games on the schedule for uh, for Wednesday night where we might see some really good props. See, I, I would much prefer like, you know, and that I mean, maybe this is me. I mean, I you know, I, I, I've never paid for a subscription service to get picks or anything like that. But I would rather, you know, quality over quantity. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. for me, I don't you know, if a guy's throwing out, you know, I mean, and we've seen this in, in, in the business. We've seen this in the industry when you got fantasy guys who aren't skilled with betting uh, and they're not playing what they're betting. And then they turn around and they give you like like 10 props a night. 
And they're like, oh, these are the ones you got. Like, I, that's not what I'm looking for. Like, if I'm subscribing somewhere, um, if you've got two that you say these are your two favorite and it's an eight-game slate or a 10-game slate, then okay, fine. Then I'm, I'm like, I'm good with that. I mean, this isn't to, like, you know, tell anybody to work less or whatever. But, I mean, if somebody's paying for picks and, you know, we're selling subscriptions over at wageralarm.com right now, so... You know, people are paying for it. I, I don't know, man. I'd, I'd much rather see that. I mean, I'd rather see, you know, two picks a day uh, and and just be confident with those as opposed to sifting through and being like, well, I know Adam's got like 10 player props here right now. I, I could I could dangerously lose money if I'm playing all 10. Yeah. And I, something I've always said, you don't need to bet every game every prop, everything. You just don't need to. There's going to be certain nights where it's less. You know, there could be a 10-game slate where I'm not feeling much. Unlikely, but it's possible. So you have to be very disciplined. And that's the one thing I've always said. You got to be careful of what you wager on. And I, like, for example, like the Monday night, I was pretty confident in two games, and they both hit. So you're happy about that, right? Your Rockets minus five, Hornets plus six. You know, there I could have thrown in two more if I wanted to, but you know what? I didn't feel strongly about it, so I gave the ones that I was strongly about, and and both hit. Um, and then you know, there's going to be other times too uh, where they the player props. That's the one, I, I have to go back and look. I, I know I've lost at least six player props recently by half. That is like the worst thing in the world. You know, it's just like, really? You couldn't hit one more free throw. You couldn't grab one more rebound. Your teammate couldn't finish one shot shot to get the assist. Um, so. Uh, but that tells me, all right, you were the process was correct. And, you know, one or two things happen here or there that don't break right on the other side. You'll make up for it. There'll be a night where you kind of get lucky where maybe someone hits a shot at the buzzer uh, in a blowout to get you over the player prop and you catch a break. So I definitely feel though I've been on the wrong side of the half point more often this year than the positive side. But, you know, as the season goes along, hopefully it evens out. So I look, I find it fun. And for people that I've said this before, but, you know, obviously sometimes it's a different audience, but I think for those, I do feel there's, we probably have a large contingent that came to us through fantasy and maybe are just starting to get into sports wagering. I truly believe that the transition to player props is the way to go for the fantasy player, because you guys are already projecting player performance on the weekly basis anyway, and you're looking at it and you have an idea and it makes the game so much more fun to watch. Now it is stressful. I probably, I try to do this and I can't, there are nights where I'm like, you know what, just don't keep looking at the box score and just get away and just turn in later. And you'll see the prop. I can't bro. I'm like an addict. It's like, all right, uh, 10 minutes later, let me check. Oh my God. Dejounte Murray still only has four assists. What's going on? Uh, I always say that's why it's better to probably like be distracted and do something, but obviously we're not going out as much and doing those things. So constantly at home watching games. And I just have that itchy trigger for you to check the box score. And uh, it does create stress. So I got to find a way to alleviate that. Well, I'd like, rather have the, I'd rather have the itchy trigger finger looking at the box score because I've like laid out, you know, a couple of props. You know what it is for me? Like, I can't, I can't get behind the, the in-game betting. Like I know people live for that shit. I know people love it so much. And, you know, they're sitting there and they got the game on and their phone and they're, you know, going back and forth. It's like, you know, when you when you look at, you know, a lot of the uh, these these new sites that are popping up within our industry of like, you know, in-game betting, 
uh, and in-game props and stuff like that. Like by the time that I'm done, like breaking down the analysis and dealing with games and shit like that, like the last thing I want to do is be dealing with in-game work. Like I want to sit and I want to watch the game. I don't want to sit and watch the game and then have to like be sitting there getting action on, on, you know, like on every little thing. Like I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to sit there and, and lay a bet on Mahomes' second half points with two minutes left in the first half. Like that's just not for me. Like that I can't, I can't deal with. So, you know, box score hunting and just, you know, keep checking like that. I mean, is that any different than just, what, you know, reading the ticker across the bottom of the screen? Uh, well, the ticker is something you can't control. It just pops up so your eyes catch it. But, like, I always find myself, <laughs> you know, look if I'm watching, you know, one or two games switching back and forth, I'm like, oh, okay, well, let me see how this prop's doing. And, you know, it can be stressful at times. But, yeah, the live in-game stuff, I don't really do. Well, I definitely don't do it for player props. You know, once in a while, if I see something, I will. But I, I really haven't done it much. I know – during one of our alarm after hour show last year, we all did it. It was like Lakers Nets, and we're like, oh, yeah, the Lakers are going to come back. And we got, like, a decent line, and it was, like, me, Justin Fenceman, and Ani Street are all sweating it, and <laughs> the Nets wound up winning the game, and we lost. Uh, but, yeah, I don't really do it much either. I kind of agree with you. It's like, all right, all the picks are in. It's locked. Now I just want to sit back and enjoy the games. Uh, I did do it last year, though, for – the Texans Chiefs game. Remember when the Texans jumped out? Was it twenty four nothing against oh, the Chiefs? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I jumped on the Chiefs money line and I parlayed it with four NBA games and it cashed. That was just an instance where I'm like, yeah, we've seen this before. The Chiefs offense just can score in a hurry. I had no faith in the Texans and I jumped on it. But I honestly don't do it often. So I'm I'm with you on that. I, I agree. I'm kind of feel the same way. And look, if people feel they have an edge on it, do it. Obviously, you right. got to remember, just like anything, everyone has their own comfort level. Some people are great at player props. Some people are good at side totals. Maybe they suck on the over-unders. Uh, maybe people have an edge watching in-game and, and tracking the lines. It's something they've done. So you kind of just have to find your sweet spot and do it, just like in season-long leagues, right? Some people are great at waivers. They suck at the drafts. Other people are great at setting lineups, and they're not good at fab, you know? If you have, if you're good at all of them, obviously that's great, but find an edge on something that you have. And maybe live in game betting is for you, um, but I'm with you. I kind of don't do it often. I just don't find it. Uh, and maybe that changes as we go along. I don't know. But yeah, since I, I had like four player props today in a game, so like that's enough for me. And I just want to sit back now and just enjoy the games and hopefully everything hits or most of it. I couldn't even imagine sucking at drafting. That that would bum me out as a fantasy player. Uh, some people will, will say that, though. They're like, you know, I'm not great at the draft, but I'm great at in-season movement and fab. Um, you know, I, I feel like I'm good at all of them. And I think, you yeah, me too. To, I think you got kind of need to be to join leagues. But I have heard analysts say this before, like, yeah, well, I'm not good at fab. I'm like, oh, well, good luck. You're probably not one in a baseball league if you're not good at fab. Yeah, well, those are the people who are like, oh, no, I'm all about waiver priority. Waiver priority is the best. Yeah, Ugh. those people are need to reassess things. Yeah, they do. All right, I don't want to get into into sitting and, and bashing them. I mean, I could. I, I definitely <laughs> could. I, I, you know, I, I like to sling the mud every once in a while. Um, but I'm going to stay I'm going to stay on the hardwood here with you, Adam, much to your surprise, I'm sure. But I got to know, because uh I asked this in the middle of the fantasy alarm show, and I really didn't get any kind of a, a major answer here. 
courtside Karen, what the hell's going on? Yeah, you know, I didn't really read into the whole story, so I don't know all the details, but it just seemed like she was heckling LeBron or her boyfriend. I don't know. It was this weird situation. And then she went on social media and was ranting about it. Like, I don't know. It was so stupid, man. I, I don't get it. It seemed like they were intentionally trying to get under LeBron's skin and then it goes viral. And I, I don't know, man. It just. So it was like a, a. So she was just a fan who had courtside seats. And was heckling LeBron. Were they, were they, it was in Atlanta, right? Yeah. So I guess some arenas have fans, and they're right. one of them. So, okay. yeah. I mean, honestly, I didn't. Re- oh, please. If, 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 if Atlanta's got strip clubs open for, for chicken wings and lap dances, well, then shit, yeah, they've got fans in the stands. <laughs> yeah. So I guess he called for her to get ejected, and then she got pissed off. And uh, I know he tweeted out last night, uh, courtside carrot is really mad. <laughs> I thought it was funny, man. Um, but yeah, I guess I don't even know a whole background. She's married to some real old guy. I think she said she's 25. There's no way she is. She got all this work. I don't know. It was bizarre. Um, I was on the air when it happened, and then I didn't follow up with the story. I did see her. She posted something complaining like, oh, you know, my husband's going to beat him up, or he called me this. I'm like, this is so stupid, man. Like all these people that go viral with stupid stuff. So um, she wasn't wearing a mask. So that's a violation, I guess, accordingly, because uh, she had the mask, but it wasn't over her face. Um, I don't know. I guess uh, they removed her and two other people from the game. Huh. Huh. All right. So nothing. Oh, I guess. Major. OK, this is this is what her Instagram story said. Just got kicked out of the game for talking shit to LeBron James for talking shit to my fucking husband. Uh, this is such fucking bullshit. Look. Let me tell you, LeBron James looked at my husband during the game and cussed him out. And I stood up and I go, don't fucking talk to my husband. Talk to my husband one more time and I will fuck you up. And then he started fighting with me. He goes, shut your mouth, dumb bitch. And I go, shut your fucking mouth, bitch. I kind of find it hard to believe that LeBron started this. I could be wrong, but um, I find that hard to believe. That LeBron went out. Like, why? Why is he? And who's precipitated it? Did they start talking shit to him? I mean, LeBron said, at the end of the day, I'm happy fans are back in the building. I miss that interaction. I need that interaction. We as players need that interaction. I don't feel like it was warranted to be kicked out. There was a back and forth between two grown men. We said our piece. He said his piece. I said my piece. And then when someone else jumped into it and said their piece, but I didn't think they should have been kicked out. But they might have had a couple of drinks, maybe, and they could have probably kept it going, and the game wouldn't have been about the game anymore. So I think the referees did what they had to do. All right. Okay. So she got a mouth on her. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just. I'm sure. I'm sure her husband was heckling him, and LeBron Probably. said something to him, and he said something back to LeBron, and LeBron said something to him, uh, and then you know whatever, and then it was over and done with until she. Decided that she was going to be a tough girl and probably she was going wanted, to jump. And probably wanted to be part of the story. This is probably intentional. Now everyone's talking about it and it's just like, who cares? Move what on, she man. Well, yeah, there you go. What does she do for a living? That's the question. I don't even know. I don't even know. But I think there's stuff going around. I think she's married to like this really older guy. I mean, she said something. I think she was 20. There's no way she's 25. Uh, just looks. Uh... Oh, wait. Suddenly 
Wait, now she changed her tune about it? This story came out an hour ago. Let me see this. Uh, I just she, saw it from the New York Post. Yeah, she apologized for losing a cool room over her mask in the heat of the moment. Get out of here, man. I don't have an issue with LeBron. I don't give a fuck about LeBron. I'm only minding my own business. Oh, my God, man. This is ridiculous. She said she's 25 years old, but... I don't know. She looks kind of weird. Her husband is 56. What's wrong with 56, dude? Not really. Nothing, because I hope when I'm 56, I'm bagging a 25-year-old. So, um, 25. Now I got to Now I gotta go to, like, her... Uh, oh, yeah. I got to go to her... Uh, so, basically... Oh, so her, hus- her, husband, her husband is a 56-year-old partner at a prominent Georgia-based wine and spirits distributor and has previously posted images on Instagram showing his hatred for LeBron. He did some. There was a post under a picture of LeBron said, "Can can you tell I don't like this guy?" Okay, so this was premeditated. I mean, he clearly didn't like him, and yeah, this is this is crap, man. Oh boy! All right. Well, I thought it was going to be a little bit more entertaining than that, but I guess not. Nah. Uh, yeah. Of course, she's getting all this press now and everything. Unbelievable. Right. Well, that's what I want to know what she does for a living, because if she's, you know, if she's somebody who, you know, I mean, all of a sudden she becomes a an, an Instagram influencer. <laughs> well, she probably will. Oh, definitely now. I mean, it says here, uh, yeah, she's become a sensation overnight. Unbelievable. It's it's unbelievable in this generation. Like, how many followers does she have on Instagram? Let's see. View profile. Uh, 69,600, 69. Very interesting. Um, yeah, but I'm sure she'll probably get more of a following now. Oh yeah. I'm seeing that, you know, so the fast lane to being the next star of the real housewives of Atlanta. It's a picture of her and her husband that her husband's like this jacked up dude. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Like, I mean, like, he's got his shirt off and he's like, he's like muscle man, like bodybuilder guy. I don't know. That's what she likes. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure he's got some money. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right. Well, man, I thought courtside Karen was going to be a little bit more fun of a discussion, but alas, it's not. Before we continue with the rest of our show here, uh, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Monkey Knife Fight. The uh, the the prop pick game that you want to be playing, the site you want to be playing on, and here's why. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up. And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know 
what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> All right, Adam, you know, it's it's kind of tough. Not a lot of news breaking right now. We did get clearance that the uh that the both NFL teams, uh the the Bucks and the and the Chiefs, no new positive COVID tests. They're still doing the contact tracing on Demarcus Robinson and Dan Kilgore, their backup center. So there's not a whole lot going on. I mean, we're gonna be talking props and stuff like that as the week goes on and you know, we get more and more news that starts creeping in because, as always, that's the, the most important thing that you need to look at. There was a little bit of football news that I thought was kind of interesting, and I'm curious as to your take on it. Did you see what Big Ben said earlier? Uh, that he would play for any amount of money. Any like amount less- of money. Yeah. So how low of a salary did the Steelers go before like Big Ben's like, all right, no, no, no. I, I can't I can't play from that. That's ridiculous. I mean, you have to respect him. He's been in the organization a long time. The only team he's played on. You don't want to insult him. So I think you have to what was he scheduled to make? Forty one million? Yeah. Forty one million dollar cap hit, right? So even if you half that, all right, let's just say you, you turn to Big Ben and say, Okay, well, we're gonna give you a fifty percent pay cut here and $20 million. Like 20, that's, I'm sorry, dude, but I mean, granted, I've, I've never been in that situation. But to me, what, you know, if somebody's offering me 20 million as opposed to 40 million, I'm still pretty fucking psyched about it. Like, it's not like they're turning around being like, all right, man, we're going to pay you 50 grand. Yeah, it is different, though, when you are dealing with players that have made so much money it's so different the lifestyle they live is different too um uh i don't know i get so he's due a 15 million dollar roster bonus on march 17th wow uh i don't know man i i I don't know how to approach this one this is tough i mean at least he's been open and said hey he'll play at a reduced salary i mean but he probably Wants to play what one more year, maybe I guess. I he mean, just want, yeah, he just wants one more year. He doesn't want to. He he feels like the Steelers have a a team that is capable of of winning the Super Bowl. I mean, shit, they were eleven and zero at one point, right? Uh, before things kind of came crashing down. You look at what his numbers were. Could you imagine what his numbers would have been had the jackass receivers not been dropping the ball every two seconds, like you know, or, or Eric Ebron dropping the ball? So. You know, I mean, listen, yes, I, I think watching Big Ben in the pocket is not something pretty. Um, and his mobility just, you know, really isn't what it is or what what it was. But I mean, like, I know you don't want to insult the guy, but I mean, if you turn to him and you're like, all right, listen, you're only playing for one year. We'll give you $3 million. We'll take yeah, the not, rest. No, no way he's going to do it. No way. We'll take the rest of that money and we'll get you anything you want. Or, you know, or, or, you know, we'll get free agents who are, you know, ready to win now. We'll get, you know, we'll get you the offensive line help that you need in order to, you know, make this happen for you. And we make one last run. 
He doesn't do it for $3 million. Nah, no way. And I'm seeing here uh, Ed Bouchette, who covers them, said in an interview that he said he didn't uh, – he says he doesn't believe for a minute that Ben doesn't care about his salary. They're going to have to pay him where he's not going to be embarrassed to come back and play. And I just don't know if this is all going to work out. I've been told it still might not. Okay. And, he, and he said that he doesn't see this being that easy. And he doesn't know if the Steelers are fully embracing his return. I could see that possible too, you know? So they might go, you know what? Uh, he's kind of towards the end. Like, why should we pay him? Because I don't know. Like, yeah, there were drop passes, but he's not the same quarterback anymore. And I know he was kind of banged up, but he was coming off the surgery. that just wasn't um, a, a vertical threat. I mean, to be fair, they had no running game. No running game. That's one thing. None. They've got to get a running game going. And they'll make it easier for Ben. I mean, the dude threw 68 times against Cleveland, man. Come on, bro. I mean, I know that they fell behind, what was it, 28 nothing after the first quarter. But 49 against the Colts. Like, look how many games this year that this guy – he Dude, he had pass attempts of 51, 53, 49, 68 this year. Another game of 49. Like, you can't ask a quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger at this point of his career to do that. And that was – a um, one of the arguments, I, I don't know, I guess we talked about in the preseason because Pember brought it up the other day. He's like, oh, I remember when you said that Ben wasn't going to throw a lot like he did in 2018? I was like, yeah, he did it. He had 675 in 2018 and 608 this year. But, yeah, I was surprised because I didn't think that they would just completely abandon the run like they did. And uh, they did. Yeah, so on paper, yeah, the 33 touchdowns look good because he had the volume. You know, he, he threw 608 times and he had great weapons of wide receiver. But – you know, this is where kind of watching the games, you see they they were not a threat vertically. It was a lot of dump offs. I mean, that's why Deontay Johnson was so good in fantasy and DFS, right? Short three yard pass, four yard pass, five yard pass. Yeah, and PPR, that's great. They add up. But right. what was that doing for the offense? It was nothing. I mean, this look, we talked about it. We knew that they were going to collapse down the stretch. I think we even said at one point, it doesn't matter who they play in the first round, they're not going to win. And we turned out to be right, although we kind of – I think we both did like Pittsburgh over Cleveland. We were stunned by that with everything going on. But we saw it coming. I mean, our premonition was right. Uh, at the time, I was like, I can't believe this team is undefeated. I, I thought they were going to lose, you know, to, to Cincinnati at one point, And then Cincinnati, I think Burrow went down. I mean, Dallas, with their third or fourth string quarterback at that time, dominated them for three quarters, bro. Three yeah. quarters. And I said – don't be surprised if Pittsburgh comes out flat and it's competitive for a half. I didn't think it would be that long. So they had major problems down the stretch, obviously injuries on the defense, but I don't think Ben's a guy that can carry you right now. Uh, they've got to get him a running game desperately. And um, I don't know, but I can tell you this, even before I read that quote, no way he's coming back for 3 million to go from 41. He can say, yeah, he's saying that publicly, right? Cause it makes him look, Oh yeah, look at Ben. He cares about the team. But there's still ego involved, and there's and so I don't know. I'm be I don't know how to handle this if I'm Pittsburgh. I mean, because you don't want to pay him twenty, and that's fifty percent, like you said. But I don't know. This is a touchy subject, man. It is a touchy subject. Well, I mean, look at the you know again. Th this is this is my my thing because listen, if if Ben really wants to make a run at it, okay, he wants to make one final run of it. Um, and he, I, I, and I get what he's saying, right? Do you, I mean, if, if you're the Steelers, listen, there's no way Mason Rudolph is your, is your quarterback of the future. There's no way 
He's just he's not not a good QB. All right. They don't have the draft capital or the cap space to to make a deal for trading up for <clears throat> either a Justin Fields, you know, or I don't even know who another quarterback is not named Trevor Lawrence. That would even that would even matter. So you're not getting a QB in the draft who's going to help you this year. Ma- Mason Rudolph sucks balls. Um, you could what go journeyman at, at QB and and get somebody who will be cheaper than Big Ben. Yeah, but is that really is that is that you know I mean that that's more in the sense that the team's going to have to turtle basically and just kind of do a rebuild or. Do you restructure for Big Ben, and then you do you make a run? I mean, it's kind of funny. the The running back class is not good for free agents this coming season. I mean, it's it's not. I mean, you've got Aaron Jones, and then shit. I mean, there's really there's 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 nothing else out there that's really you know tickling anyone's fancy there. Philip Lindsay uh, will be a free agent. Aaron Jones, I said. Um, Wayne Gallman, Marlon Mack coming off of an injury. Jamal Williams is going to be a free agent. Uh, Balaj. Um, <laughs> they're definitely not bringing back Lev Bell. Who? What a bitch move, right? Did you see his comment? Oh, I went with the Chiefs because I knew I wasn't going to have a heavy workload. Yeah, love, I saw that. <laughs> real love of the game, Lev. Um, here, Lamar Miller, Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson, Jarek McKinnon. So there's really, listen, Leonard Fournette. There's not a, a, a good group of, of running backs here. But if you're going to make one last push, Kenyon Drake, that's, you know, and I don't even think he's that great either. I'd rather have Aaron Jones. Do you try and, and make that run? Do you say to Ben, I'm going to cut your salary? You know, yes, we're going to cut your salary. We're going to get you some offensive line help. We'll get you good pass protection. Let's bring you Aaron Jones. We'll sign Aaron Jones to a three-year deal, right? Even though it's gonna it's gonna hurt, but all the money that you're taking away from Ben, you're giving to Aaron Jones. So, like the I guess the real question is, is you know, is this lip service from Big Ben, who's just making a desperate attempt to to you know ingratiate himself to the team, or does he really want to make one last run of it, walk off into the sunset? And if that's the case, how low do you go in order to get the let the team pull in, you know, some help that you're going to need? Uh, it's tough to know just because don't know Ben Roethlisberger like that, and every athlete is different. Um, but maybe. Maybe I mean, look, if he's going to say it publicly and then like decline a good offer, then he's going to look foolish. So I and he probably has more than enough money. I don't know his spending habits. I don't know what he owns, but I'm sure if he's smart, he's got enough money. So maybe it is true. Maybe he says, you know what? I got one year left. I want to win another Super Bowl with this team. You know, we had a good team and it fell apart. We had some injury and everything. You know, because they still have Claypool and Deontay Johnson. I don't think they pay Juju, but I don't think that's a big deal. They're excellent at drafting wide receivers. I mean, they're one of the best teams at finding these wide receivers. So um, they could always draft the running back. I think Aaron Jones would be a good fit. So, look, they're, they had a bad ending to the season. I don't think they were as good as 11-0, but they're a good team. I mean, 
before the year, I, I, I thought, I'm like, they could come out of the AFC if things break right. And it did for a while, and then it fell apart. So, oh, well, they lost a couple of linebackers right. to injury. They, right. you know, so I, I, you know, there's a lot of I think there's some good teams in the AFC though. But no, if things break right, they can. So we're really gonna find out if Roethlisberger is telling the truth. He keeps saying, "I don't care about it." We'll find out uh, because we'll see what they offer, and it'll all be public. But we'll find, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. My guess is they figure it out. They find a way. I don't know how much the money is gonna be. Uh, I would be, I don't know what, seven million, eight million, right? You're still putting your body on the line. You got to get paid, and you're a veteran, so yeah, that's the thing. Know, they, have, they have to do it through. Res- you kind of have to have some type of respect. You can't lowball. Like I don't think three million gets it done. I think that's just way too low. See, I don't, I don't want to. Like, I don't think that they want to disrespect Ben, and I don't think you know. I, like, I'm not seeing this. Like, if you, if you're. If you're you're renegotiating a contract, you're restructuring a contract, all right, and and you know you're you're freeing up, t- you know, Big Ben says the money doesn't matter, then then you have to sit down with him and say how much does the money not matter, and you know listen, you, you can't turn around, you know, Big Ben, hey Ben, what what's what's the lowest that you'll play for? Like you know, I mean he's you know right. he doesn't want he's going to say all right, uh, fifteen million, which is more than fifty percent, right? So. Yeah. Right, which is greater than a 50% pay cut. Now, are you the Steelers and you say, hey, listen, no disrespect here, but if we want to make a run at, let's say, Aaron Jones, we want to bolster our offensive line, want to make sure that you've got everything that you want and that we need in order to make this happen, uh, w- would you do it for $10 million? Like, Like, that's the thing, I guess. You know, because the Steelers have a, a really, really long history of like being that organization that that guys want to play for. You know, the, you know, there, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of movement that you see. If you look at the Steelers, I mean, yeah, it was Lev Bell who left, right? And Antonio Brown left. He was disgruntled. But when you look at like the Steelers, from coaches down to players. There's never really a lot of uh, a lot of movement, a lot of player movement, and it's it's just known that the organization takes care of its players, and to the point where the players do things like voluntarily renegotiate, re, you know, restructure their contracts in order to help the team more. So we've seen this in in you know in in history before. Ah, uh, God, I wish I remember the uh, the name. It was uh, it was it was one year. It was like like two offensive linemen and a defensive lineman who both like turned around and said, you know, they they just they they were happy to restructure their contract to to give the team you know some extra money to kind of make it through. And these guys were veterans. These guys were like you know with the team for like five six years at that point, and so. You know, so I, I, you know, that's that's. I guess that's just kind of where I'm, I'm at, and I'm wondering about it from a fantasy standpoint. I won't fucking touch Ben Roethlisberger, uh, yeah, and I won't, I, and I, I won't I, bet on the Steelers to win the Super Bowl uh, if they do it. But I'm just, I'm just more curious because you know, you see guys like, and it happens in in, in other sports, right? Isn't there? A, there's somebody right now in in the NBA who's who's playing for like. The like the like uh, the league minimum. Um, Joe Thornton in the NHL, forty-one years old. Uh, he's he's actually playing for the league minimum, 
this year because he wants to make a run at a cup with the Toronto Maple Leafs. They could also be doing something under the table. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, obviously, you know, under the table, but you know, I can't I, I that that part I can't factor in there. Right. I just what I want to know is are we are we going to see, you know, veterans turn around and just, you know, and, and make this a uh, a ploy to kind of extend their, you know, their time on the uh, on the field, you know? Oh, I'll just I'll, I'll DH for like, you know, the league minimum. Just, you know, I'll just sign with Seattle. They suck anyway. Right. I mean, I'm just kind of I'm wondering if we're going to see, you know, veterans start doing this more and more. Um, and then what, like the la- the backlash from like the players union will be. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think football players get screwed, though. Because contracts are not guaranteed and they put their body on the line and they're like one of the highest generating revenue sports. So. Uh, that's why I never get angry at football players asking for money because I think it's a joke compared to other sports. Yeah, I really don't understand how the players union agrees to non-guaranteed contracts. Dude, it makes no sense, man. Like, what was the trade-off there? I, I don't know. <laughs> I just know? I have no idea, but it makes no sense. Right? Oh, we'll give you, we'll give you all of this, but we're not going to guarantee contracts. Like, that makes zero sense to me. Yeah, I never understood it. Baseball, you can sign a five-year, $80 million deal as a pitcher, and the next day you have Tommy John surgery and you never make it back. You get every penny of that contract. Every penny. I don't get it either, man. I don't get it either. Every every Listen, you know what? The, the MLB has, has shit-sucking owners who are going to just drive the, the reputation of MLB further down the crapper. With the shit that they're trying to pull, you got the NFL with you know no non guaranteed contracts. I don't know what is the what does the NBA do to exploit their players? Um, they actually do a pretty good job, I think, of marketing their players. You know, I think even if you're not a huge NBA fan, you know who a lot of these guys are. I think they've actually done a pretty good job. Um, you know, they got through the pandemic and everything. I know it wasn't a bubble, but even this year. Uh, have some cancellations, but no, I think uh, they do a pretty good job. I'm actually surprised though, that they're going through with this all-star game. I'm not sure it's the best idea in a pandemic to bring uh, all these guys from different areas together. Um, It looks like that's going to happen. I believe March 7th in Atlanta. So I'm a little surprised by that. I don't know why they're doing it. I don't see the need. Why why do you need to have an all-star game this year? There's going to be an all-star game this year? Yeah, the NBA and the um, uh, Players Association, there are near. I don't think it's official yet. They're working on an agreement. Uh, yeah, they're, the re- latest is there's uh, planning on an all-star game and skills competition on March 7th in Atlanta. Because originally everything was canceled, and now because uh, they have like a five-day break. So um, they're near an agreement. Uh, yeah, Adrian Wojnarowski filed this earlier today on Tuesday afternoon. So... Uh, the plan is to have an all-star game in Atlanta, March 7th, also a skills competition on the same night, but the agreement has not been reached yet as they finalize the health and safety protocols for the event. So, uh, I don't know. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. All right. Huh. 
just little, you know, these are just little things that go through my mind. You know, this week, the stuff that I end up thinking about just on the, in the sense that because it's not, you know, we're not, we're not gung ho yet on on any sports. I, I'm not, I'm just not an NBA guy. I, I, oh, I am. I love this shit, bro. I like, know you do. I know you like, do. This I can't. I'm not going to fault you for it. Yeah. Look, everyone has their own interests. Like you know, there's some sports I don't like. So you know, I'm just. Uh, I, I tell you this, Fred Van Vliet going off tonight, man. Forty six points with nine minutes left in the game. Eleven of thirteen from three point range. So. I think he's kind of been ice cold lately, too. I remember I didn't write this up, but there there's sometimes, you know, I, I got to write the props up and get him in, you know, several hours before tip off. And then as the night goes along, I'm like, oh, you know what? Um, I kind of like this and I'll play it myself. And there was one night I played Van Fleet's over points and he did nothing. I was like, gee. So, yeah, the last few games he's had nine, 26, 10. Uh, so he's been pretty Pretty cold. Yeah, shot 17.6% against Milwaukee from the field. Last game against Orlando, 33.3%. This is the thing. Same matchup, right? They played Orlando on Sunday. Same exact matchup tonight. 13 the other game, 46 tonight. <laughs> like, what Like what happened? <laughs> I mean, he's that type of guy, though, that could kind of get hot at any time, and he's a good shooter. So, but, yeah, just uh, kind of weird how that works out. But, yeah, if you uh, use Van Fleet and DFS, uh, you're feeling really good. If you went over his points prop, yeah, he cashed pretty early. So, <laughs> but yeah, the Nets Nets Clipper game is on. So, uh, so far, good game back and forth. Uh, 59 58 at the half. Nets lead. Uh, this was a weird game. So, the Nets opened up as one point favorites and the Clipper closed at one and a half. So, that's one of those games to me is a toss up. I'm not touching it, but I just have a feeling because I felt like a lot of people on the Clippers tonight, again, this game's at ha- just started third quarter. So, I don't know the result. I just, I even said it to Fenstey earlier. I'm like, I kind of have a feeling Brooklyn's going to win this game. I know they've been tipped the defense. They blew the game. I just have a feeling. And the Clippers are really good. Just kind of have a feeling Brooklyn's going to pull this out. But we'll find out. By the time you hear this podcast, you'll know. And you'll be like, oh, he was a fool. He got blown out. Or, oh, he was smart. They won by 10. I don't know. We'll find out. (laughs) All right. We'll find out then. But, yeah, I not a game I'm going to play like two really good teams, a spread of one and a half, not touching it. Like, nah, I just didn't feel that strongly either way. I could easily see the Clippers winning this game. They've been, they've really been picking up their play. They're pretty healthy, a good defensive team. Um, We know the Nets are not good defensively. They are not good defensively. Not at all. Not at all. But they're averaging what? Like since since the trade, they're averaging what? 140 points a game. They are historically the best offensive team in history since the James Harden acquisition. They are historically the worst defensive team in the history since the Harden acquisition. But yeah, the, the, the part for tonight was, you know, the Nets are 14 and one in their last 15 games on the over. Of course, the one game they lost, I gave out the over and neither team got to 100. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but this one was 241 and a half, I believe. And um, it's going to be close. They probably go over. I mean, that's the thing. I feel like, should I just play the Nets overs every night until it doesn't hit? I mean, like. I kind of feel like that's the move, right? Yeah. And it's like, at what point does the total get to 250? I mean, I think they were 245 and a half. The other, like, they're going to st- set a high number this year. There's got to be a game coming up. Like, if this trend continues, you've got to keep raising it. To get people not to play it, right? Exactly. Let me see. When do they play next? I mean, because two that's a high number. And I think it was a they play uh 
I can't wait till they play like a well, they just played the Wizards and that was a two forty five and a half. They play oh wow, they played Toronto on Friday and Philadelphia Saturday. The Philadelphia game. That's gonna be interesting. I think you're gonna see that below two forty. All right. Well, we'll I just have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a podcast uh, the night before, so we'll be able to uh, help people out uh, through that. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to let you go and enjoy your Nets game and uh, and and watch that one. Maybe you'll maybe you'll play a little uh, a little, little in game betting for the second half there. Nah, I have right, the uh, just busted on. Yeah, you. I got the Paul George over 24 and a half points, so that's what I'm watching. Let's see what he has at the moment. He's got. No, he just hit a bucket. Why didn't it up there? Oh, he's got 12. Okay. He's got 12. <laughs> <laughs> See, bro, I go crazy. What's going on? I was like, wait, he just hit a three. Why isn't it updated? Maybe that's why, you know, it's like you sit there and you're constantly checking the box scores and stuff like that. Maybe if you were just casually looking at him, just be like, yeah, well, okay. I can't, bro. I have a problem. Time. I have a you're problem. like, oh, why is he just hit a bucket? I do this in football, too. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to check. And then 10 minutes into the game, I'm looking at the live scoring, bro. I just, uh, I got to stop. It's a problem. It's a disease. You know, it's so funny. I was watching an old Law and Order episode yesterday. And like there was a, a psychiatrist talking about internet addiction. As if it was like the newest, latest craze. Yeah, yeah. like someone. Oh, so uh, this guy's, he's my, he was like my, he's actually the guy that got me to be a Cowboys fan. He was my neighbor. And I saw him put something on Facebook the other day. Uh, yeah, so who wants to come to my house today and sit around so everyone can look at their phones? And then he just wrote, from now on, if you're coming to my house, you can't bring your phone into the house. It's absolutely true, though. You know this. I mean, well, I don't know, because you don't... Dude, I deal with my wife on a regular basis. She's like, I'm like, what, what are we watching? So she's like, oh, I want to watch this new show. And she goes on her phone, right? And then she's sitting there on her phone the entire time. And I'm like, I... I'm like, why the fuck are we sitting here watching? You know, and, and see, here's the funny thing is that like she's doing it, she's like looking at Facebook or she's playing Candy Crush or she's, you know, doing some, you know, whatever it is. She's she's doing bullshit. She's doing nonsense. She's unemployed right now. So you, you know, it's not like you know, you don't have email pen pals who are writing back and forth or anything like that. So so there's nothing really going on on your phone that should have any kind of an importance. So if you want to watch this fucking show. Well, then you watch the goddamn show. Don't sit there and, and stare at your phone the entire time while I'm sitting here watching this stupid new show. And she's like, well, you're on your phone, too. I'm like, when I'm on my phone, it's because of work. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I was just going to say that about me. Like, I am guilty of it. I am on the phone, too. But a lot of it is Twitter. A lot of it is box scores, uh, looking for news. It's mostly work-related. Yeah, there's a couple conversation in there with women. Sure. But it is mostly work related. And, you know, I try to explain that to like if I'm dating someone because, you know, we'll be out going to dinner or something like, oh, you're checking your phone again. I'm like, yeah, I got to see what's going on. Can I just, you know, and I'll try to be respectful and not, not every second, but every once in a while, like if it's a Friday night, you know, the games are going on. Okay, I'm just going to check, see, you know, what's going on in the games, you know, but it, it's usually work related. I'm not. I don't. I've never played Candy Crush. I don't fucking play those games. Don't I do? I don't have time for it. You understand this? I don't have time to play those games. I don't. I'll, I'll just. I'll, you know what? I'll, in all honesty, I'll I'll play Candy Crush while I'm sitting on the toilet. 
Well, that's fine. I mean, I'm on the toilet either looking on Instagram, looking at women, or on Twitter, or checking the news. Um, right. Well, I'm not looking at other women, and you know what? Right. <laughs> I, I, I check the news often enough from my desk that when I'm taking a shit, the, what I can do is at least be peaceful and relax. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I get it, though. But it is true. It is an epidemic where, I mean, kids especially, you know, like my friend's kids and stuff constantly on their cell phone it is it is absolutely true and it's not just kids it's pretty much everyone like people are just addicted to their phones and for everyone it's different reasons yeah but for me i feel you on that it's mostly work related it is you could say well you know you're not on the radio now doing this like yeah well i follow this and part of me being able to be good at this and know things from memory is just constantly following it i can't go two days without following the NBA or baseball. I can't. I feel like I'm way behind. Can't do it. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'll tell you, man. Take take seven days off. I can't, bro, dude. <laughs> I can't do it. So even last year, the last, well, my last vacation was Europe in Barcelona and Ibiza. I set a time Barcelona. aside. What? I said Barcelona. Yeah. Um. So I made a time to set <laughs> it's aside. It's a movie reference, which you obviously don't I don't. Get. No, what movie? I'm not uh, gonna... internship with Vince Vaughn. And I Owen did Wilson. see that movie though. I did. I don't remember. You, girls... you, Rick Wolf, and Colt with movies. You guys remember every fucking line. I can't. <laughs> you guys like, like, that's one guy area where you guys just crush me. Like, I'm just like, what are they talking about? I did see that movie. I just don't remember that line. Well, he goes home to the girlfriend to say that he, uh, he just lost his job. She's like, you never do anything. You said you were going to take me to Barcelona. And he's like, Barcelona. He's uh, correcting your pronunciation in a, uh, in a Vince Vaughn sort of way. But, dude, even when I was I was on a cruise, I bought the Internet package. I'm like, I got to go on the Internet every day to check. It was during baseball season. It was May. So I had to check the box scores every night. Like, you know, I wait till she goes to sleep. Or I, I did a time when it wasn't interfering with the time with the person I was with. Um, I, I do. I got to Barcelona. It was game six of the NBA finals, Toronto, Golden State. And I forgot the time difference, but I basically got in and stayed up the whole night to watch it. I think it was 3 a.m. there or 6 a.m. I was like, I'm watching this game, but it, it ruined me the fucking next day. But yeah, I, but it, but it actually it probably helped you get, you know, get through the jet lag a little quicker. Um, I don't know if it did. I don't uh, know, but I had to watch it. She kind of stayed up, watched a little bit, and then fell asleep. And but I was not missing that game. I mean, you know, and I'm I guess I'm thankful it didn't go to a game seven, so I didn't have to do it again. <sighs> yeah, but there's I can't I can't get away for seven days. Like I can get away in in increments, right? You know, obviously I'm out on the beach or whatever. Yeah, you got to get away, but I have to check in. It's just I have to check box scores and stuff. Um, and I usually go away in spring summer so there's baseball going on so oh, at least at least it's only baseball um but yeah i i have to check like <laughs> i don't think i've gone like more than more than a day or two i remember i was in on vacation during lebron james's uh announcement the whole big one to miami i was in jamaica and i remember they had it on the tv and i was there watching it <laughs> and maybe that's why i'm not married um, nah, maybe, I, I, maybe. I've been, pretty, I've been pretty fortunate that I've had some girlfriends who are pretty understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's always a couple that just don't get it. I'm like, all right, well, this ain't gonna work. See ya. <laughs> See ya. Bye bye. We're finished. <laughs> I, I do. I mean, I respect the the females that are involved with someone in this business. Um, that 
do understand and and deal with it um and it's i guess more difficult for me because i do three sports there's no break someone this girl that i'm talking now is like do you ever like is there like a break for you i'm like no she must be like oh shit i gotta get out now (laughs) (laughs) oh man so the moral of the story everybody get the fuck off your phones i guess and also those analysts who only do football, you guys don't realize how good you have it. Don't tell me, oh, it's year-round. Get the fuck out of here with that Oh, bullshit. my God. It's right? a vacation city right now, yeah, dude. Man, come on, man. Year-round. Yeah, okay, fine. The draft and everything. Like, come on. How much shit time can you devote to that stuff? Like, you know what I mean? Dude, you are 100% preaching to the choir here. You are 100% preaching to the choir. I, people who sit there and only cover football – and and talk about the fact that it's a 365 day a year thing it's it's garbage yeah it's, it's garbage because all of this past la- this past week no no work to be done this week minimal work to be done because you're covering the fucking super bowl what's the big deal well you you, you look at super bowl history you talk about a one one game matchup there you talk about the coaches i mean come on and then what do you do and then you, you sit on your on your fat ass doing nothing uh, up leading up until the the NFL draft, you've been watching stupid college football, so you already know who the players are in the draft, right? Right. You're not watching other sports, and if if it gives you that much of an advantage, you shouldn't be letting me win these leagues, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> right. Totally. And same with you, right? Like, come on, we're doing multiple sports here, you know? Unbelievable, man! It's unbelievable. It drives me. It drives me insane. Because then, okay, then you have the draft. Then what? May you're covering the team for fucking OTAs. I don't give a shit what a guy looks like in with no pads on and no contact. Who gives a crap? Oh, oh! Now you're hitting a sore spot. Now, now you're hitting a sore spot. <laughs> because I get people who ask me for a fucking job all the time. And they're like, I just want. I only cover football. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, that. Yeah, it doesn't market yourself. You know, I, I, you know, you, what do you like? All right, well, I can find so many people that do that and they cover maybe baseball or, or hockey or NASCAR. They do multiple sports. I mean, if you do just one, uh, especially with so many people wanting to do this, uh, it doesn't really separate yourself. No, you need to. And I say that to people always have a second sport. Doesn't have to be, you don't have to cover every sport, just have a second sport. And it can be a niche sport like NASCAR or MMA, a, a PGA, whatever. That's fine. Just don't be sitting here telling me that you are, you know, only covering football. Ugh. And I guess I, I haven't looked this up, but I'm guessing a lot of people that are only football probably have been around a while. So they've just become accustomed to it and have established themselves. Wait, say that one more time? No, I'm saying, I'm assuming, and again, I haven't done a study on this, just quick thought is most of the people who only do football probably have been around a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could could just do football if I wanted to, right? Like, I I mean, I wouldn't want to. Um, Actually, I almost, I was considered for a position that was only fantasy basketball, and I would have taken it, but it didn't sit well with me. I would have definitely asked to do football. Uh, baseball or football at some point. I just couldn't imagine just doing fantasy basketball. Um, no, me neither. I, again, it's 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 the the one sport. Like, yes, do I need a break? Do I need a vacation? Sure, everyone does. Sure, sure. But, 
I, you know, I don't need a three month break. I, I would lose my freaking mind. So I'd like one if you're offering me a three month break. I'll take it. I'm sorry. I, I, there, there must be a. <laughs> oh wait, am I? Let me hold on. Why? Is, is this better? Is this better? <laughs> That's much better. Three month vacation. I'm up for it. Offer it. Uh, hello. Or of Africa and Europe. <laughs> Oh, shit. All right, that's it. I'm ending this now. <laughs> totally ending it now. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening. Big thanks to Monkey Knife Fight, to Shannon Blunt, our, uh, our illustrious editor, who is uh, always making us sound so wonderful. <laughs> we got Super Bowl props and bets to start digging into over the next couple of days, so buckle up and get ready. I'm Adam Howard Bender. For Adam Ronis, this has been the Anti-Up Podcast. We'll catch you next time.